Yo, what's up, fam? It's Stephen Brown Cortez. This is the Why the F Not podcast, episode 33. Let's get to it, y'all. Hey, what's up? I'm just going to jump into it. I had like three cups of coffee now. Might pour a fourth one. Um, is the world going to end? Real talk, real talk. I need. I just. I got. I have to just ask it out loud, because the Simpsons are telling me the world's gonna end. TikTok tells me the world's gonna end. I hope it doesn't. Come on, world's pretty good, right? It's pretty good. Like, there's no reason to end it. Like, come on, Trump. You lose an election. Don't go crazy now. Don't go all Adolf on us, dude. I saw this video on TikTok. Don't know if it was real. I mean, dude, all these, that's the thing, man. Even if you watch a video nowadays, you can't trust that the video is 100% true. Dude, my old orchestra teacher back in the day used to tell us, he'd be like, all right, guys, listen up. Y'all need to believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. Stuck with me, man. Believe half of what you see and nothing of what you hear, y'all. Come on. I see some stuff about Trump saying that on January 20th, that this is the official inauguration day. Is that it? Is that the official inauguration day of, uh, for what's his face? Our homie, homie Biden? Vamos a ver. I mean, when will Biden be inaugurated? All right, January 20th, 2021. Now, we're going to get that date. January 20th, 2021, right? Copy it. Now, we're going to go, we're going to type in the Simpsons. Dude, Simps. Oh, my God. We're talking about Simps on TikTok. Okay. So, I don't know if you know, but the Simpsons may have predicted the riots. Did you not know? So let's see how the Simpsons predicted Capitol riots. Fan draws comparisons with episode, which showed civil war. Wait, what is this? Okay, thank you. Okay, got it. Got it, thank you. Oh my God. Dude, these websites won't let you see. Okay, do you have an ad blocker on your computer? I have an ad blocker on my computer. I hate ads. I hate them. So you go to a website, want to read an article, and the website's like, hey, turn your ad blocker off. We're trying to shoot ads down your throat. You want to read our content? Let me shoot this ad load down your throat. I'm like, no. Consent, homie. And I said, no. Let's keep looking, though. What are the Simpsons predictions of 2021? Vamos a ver. What has the Simpsons... This is from the sun, homie. This is from the sun. Dismiss, homie. What has the Simpsons predicted for 2021? Doomsday. Son of a... This is what I didn't want. This is exactly what I didn't want. Doomsday. Simpsons 31st Halloween special. Treehouse of Horror. 31? Yeah. Three X's in a... 
and an eye. That's a 31. Yeah, shows 2021 doomsday. Oh my God, killer robots. It's election day at the start of the episode, and in classic Simpsons humor, a campaign sign reads, Biden-Harris. Wait, what? No. Wait, what? Wait, it's election day at the start of the episode, and this is Biden-Harris, Trump, and elect someone, anyone. Wait, it says Biden-Harris. Homer dreams of voting, causing him to sleep. Sleep through election day on inauguration day, January twenty. Simpsons has become an apocalypse. Wait, hold up. I'm looking through these photos right now. Do they really put Biden Harris? No way they put Biden Harris. Vamos a ver. Homer. We got the four horsemen. With pestilence, famine, and war. The Trump thing. Okay. What Game of Thrones? They predicted Game of Thrones. Okay, I didn't see that picture. Oh. Fill out a picture with Biden Harris didn't have that. Robots fill the town, buildings are on fire, and Homer is wearing armor while holding a rifle. That's what I get for voting for Kanye. <laughs> Hans Molman shouts as a robot forces him through the air. Wait, what? That's what I get for voting for Kanye. That happens in the episode? Wait, a, a character legit says that's what I vote... What I get for voting for, oh, for wait, can I find this episode? At the end, four flags are seen reading Pestilence, Famine, War, and Treehouse of Horror 31. And the following, the chaos at Capitol Hill on Wednesday, January 6th, which saw Trump supporters <sighs> storm Congress in a riot in which four people died. Fans of the show have been claiming the writers once again predicting the future. It's because homie, the creator of The Simpsons, is in the Illuminati, man. I'm saying it loud, but I'm going to say it too loud. Okay, look, time out. Look, if it's true, don't come at me, y'all. I'm going to be quiet, okay? If you come tell me like, hey, Steven, look, don't be telling your 15 listeners about the Illuminati and shit, okay? Don't be telling about Matt and the Illuminati and predicting with The Simpsons and using it as a tool, as a vessel to propel information to the people, to the masses, so they can be prepared for the bullshit coming at them. Like Trump. God, I need more coffee. Lockdown 3, what? Fans joked the series predicted the UK's tired uh, tired lockdown by comparing it to the huge glass dome. Oh, no. Epa, Epa. Holy shit, that's true. The glass dome that covered Springfield in the Simpsons movie. In the film, Springfield is quarantined under a huge glass dome at government orders to protect it from pollution. And fans of the TV show couldn't resist listening to the UK's COVID lockdown. Other predictions. What is this? Lady Gaga, whatever. First Trump president, now the John Lewis Buster the Boxer ad. Simpsons, you're freaking me out now. The political map between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, though, from the Simpsons episode, that was a little weird. They That was weird. Did you know about that, y'all? So, aparentemente, uh, hold up, I have, I have coffee here. And uh, a glass, hear that? It's annoying, right? Homie, I got coasters. It's a little less annoying. 
and they're right behind me thanks to the lovely setup that Stephanie did for me here. My new little studio, the corner nook here, has been uh, upgraded. It's been revamped, reimagined, if you will. God, can you imagine if the world's going to end, though? Back to that. If the world's going to end today, what would you do? What would you do? I'm doing it right now. The world's going to end? Fuck it. I'm hanging out with my best friend here. She's out in the room doing her thing. My dog's here. Family's healthy. They're chilling. They're not suffering. I might drive to them. But I'm over here recording my thing, doing my thing. I'm about to stream, maybe. Check me out. Twitch.tv slash forward slash probrogues. I feel like I'm doing the impossible sometimes. Like, why am I going to record my podcast? Why? Why am I going to put this time into this video that I'm putting to YouTube? YouTube.com forward slash pro underscore brokes. Why am I going to put this time, right? Why am I going to do it if it's not really going to pay off maybe? Who knows, right? Who knows? Why Why did I become a music major and not go into law like my mom told me? Who knows? Things happen like the Big Bang. You know, Big Bang happens. No, fuck, okay, let's try to figure it out, but no one can figure it out. Steven becomes a music major. Why that happen? Can't figure it out. It is what it is. Eons go by. You know what I mean? But if the world's going to end, dude, I'm chilling. And your regrets, I mean, if anything, I regret. I regret not. If I die today, if I die today, you know, because of this whole COVID thing, right? Not COVID, but fucking end of the world. Like, we all just die, like Simpsons predicts in eight days. Shit, eight days, man. We're going to be recording, man. I'll tell you right now, podcast is going to be recording that day. Oh, Lord in heaven. Uh, but a regret I have, if anything, is not reading this book. I have this J.J. Abrams book that my friend Tracy recommended. Shout out Tracy and Andrew. It's J.J. Abrams book, and it's the craziest thing in the world. It's called Ship of Theseus, and it's... I don't even know how to explain what this is because it's not just a regular book. When you look at the book, first off, it comes in this beautiful black casing. It's it's very nicely done. If you have to buy it also, you have to buy it brand new. Only because if you buy it used, you just don't want to risk there being any missing pieces. Yeah, pieces. So check it out. This book, it's not a normal book. Mm. Ooh, French vanilla nut today. That's delicious. So this book, first off, there's pieces inside. We'll get to that in a bit. But the book looks like a worn old textbook you'd see in your elementary school library. It even has like a, a sticker on the back with a Dewey Decimal number on the back for where it goes in the library. It has that khaki worn out look to it. The, 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 the letters are nicely embossed onto the cover. But then you open this bitch up, and it's this book for a loan. It has like a like a stamp, like an old school, again, old school library type of stamp, being like, poof, there you go. It's a library book. Now, the first page you turn to, it gets crazy right away, because you see Ship of Theseus printed onto the paper. But then you also see handwriting you see 
two separate sets of handwriting. Like two different people are writing in this book, and that's exactly what's happening. So there's the there's the story itself, Ship of Theseus, that this book is by. It's not even so. Check it out. I forgot to mention this book is by a ghostwriter, not a ghostwriter, but like it's a fake, it's a fictitious, a fictional author, uh, V. M. Straka, because again, this book is was created by J.J. Abrams and someone else. Hold up. Let me say his name too. Doug Dorst. J.J. Abrams and Doug Dorst. They created this. It's like an adventure book, dude. Like, you remember those old school adventure books where it's like, choose your own adventure? Like, turn to page six if you want to go down the dungeon. Turn to page ten if you want to safely go back. And it's like, go down the dungeon. Ah, you got bitten by a snake. You died. Go back to page four. And you're like, no. But then you just peek over and you're just like, ah, let me see what's going on. Ooh, a snake. Fuck that shit, dude. I guess I'm going to 10. I didn't flip it. Did you see me flip it? Did you see me flip the page? Then calm down, dude. Calm down. Calm down, fool. Calm down. Uh, I wanted to get coffee real bad. I wanted to pause it. It didn't work out. But now hold up. Oh, my God. The magic of uh, podcasting. Do whatever you want. So see if the world is going to end today. Si el mundo si va a acabar hoy. I'm chilling, dude. I mean, are you guys chilling? You guys doing good? Hey, from yesterday, self-checking. You go do that thing you're going to do? Go do it. Have fun. Have fun. You having fun in life? Are you not having fun in life? You should do something fun. Play with some toys. During this quarantine, I've learned how to play again. You know what I mean? I found myself, I play video games, yeah, sure, I still play them, hell yeah, play them till I die, homie, what's up, um, <laughs> nerd, uh, but I found myself during quarantine playing games and realizing a sense of anxiety, yeah, a sense of anxiety from playing video games, and it was just anxiety of finishing the video game, uh, the anxiety of all the choices there are when it comes to video games. Dude, I remember how it used to be such a thing just to like be able to get the 60 bucks, the 50 bucks to get that game, you know? That game you've been waiting for for all, all season. You're waiting for the fall. It's coming out. Let's go. Midnight releases. Fuck, midnight releases, dude. I'm about to be, ta- I'm gonna be talking about midnight releases right now as if there's some... There's some. It's like an old folk tale of 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 old older ways of getting games back in the day. God, man, come on! Like you go to the GameStop, you pay for the pre-order, pay for the whole game if you wanted. I pay for the whole game straight up. I did not want to stress out about that. You know what I mean? Thank you, mom, for helping me out. But uh, but I remember going to the plant, homie. Going to the Van Nuys plant, dude. Going over to that GameStop. If you know, you know. But I go to that one, dude, and I'd be there with my boys. Midnight release, get the dude. I remember having to get there. Which ugh, which ones were crazy? Let's see which ones were crazy. I, I I went to the. I was there for the Modern Warfare Two midnight release at GameStop. That one was pretty insane. The line those lines get intense, dude. Like nerds camp out. Which oh, dude, I remember one time straight up over at the plant, dude, at Van Nuys. People got out in the line, brought TVs. They were, they were all set up with their chairs, all cozied up. And it's it's a midnight release, y'all. So it's cold. 
It is cold. And these nerds were were out there powering out, fucking just sitting out in the cold playing Smash Brothers on this, like, and then they bring these, like, cheapy little TV sets. But what was so cool was that the GameStop employees were, I don't know, dude, like, GameStop as a company... I feel like it's shit. Like, I feel like their policies are shit, especially when it comes to buying and selling. I just feel like they just screw a lot of, like, they just, they, they just suck. They suck sometimes as a corporation, I feel like. But the employees, dude, there's some employees that are kind of like, you know, fucking stuck up, narizones, you know, like just up in the air. But like most of, most like GameStop employees, at least where I grew up, over in Va- over near Van Nuys, Panorama City area, dude. Dude, those uh, those uh, employees were pretty badass, dude. They were all really cool, dude. Friggin' there was always uh, like there's always some like tatted chick at mine too. Like she was like the manager of like the plant. Like I don't know, the one that was there, there's always some tatted chick. And even like the the game stuff I go to here where I live now, like there's like some dude with tats who works there, and I'm like, Do you, is this hot? Is this where all the hot topic managers went? Once Hot Topic lost its spark, oh, God, Hot Topic. I remember when going to Hot Topic used to scare me. Yeah, it used to scare me because I'd be a little kid walking around City Walk, and then there was the Hot Topic with fucking fire in the front entrance. There was fire outside of Hot Topic. There used to be a time where there was fire outside of Hot Topic. And you go inside, and it felt like you entered the devil's den. It was wonderful. It was such a great... It was the place I would go to because my mom didn't like me going there because of all the shirts and shit. Like, all the metal... But all the great band tees were there, dude. Now, fucking Funko. I love me a pop figure, not gonna lie. I, I have two right here. I have Tom Brady and Kevin Smith, you know? My two saints. Patriot Saints Tom, Patriot Saint Kevin, Hijo Patri Spiritu Santo, and all that shit, you know? Oh, shit, my bad, Lord. Uh, oh, my God, looking at John Leonard and at the poster, he's got a cross on his neck. Did he believe? Um, but now it's just being Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber's, and all this other crap and Hot Topic, and I'm like, Hot Topic, you used to be someone. You used to be something that used to scare me in a good way. You used to scare me like, you used to scare me and excite me the way the tatted manager of the GameStop would scare and excite me as a young lad walking in to pre-order my Modern Warfare 2 game. But back to midnight releases, man. It was just a great time to just commune, be communal with your with your tribe. You know, we're all nerds here. No one's going to say shit to you. Like, you're standing in line for Pokemon Sapphire just as I am, my dude. You have no power over me. You know what I mean? You have no, there's no hierarchy here. I mean, I think the motherfucker in the front line who got here at like 7 p.m. and set up his TV to play Smash Brothers with his friends, I think they're the badasses here. Like, see, that's the badass. The guy who brought the TV out to play Smash Bros, dude. So let's see, uh, Modern Warfare 2. I've been there for the latest Pokemon game. So I think I did Midnight Release for Pokemon Sun and Moon, X and Y. And then after that, I stopped. And then after that, no, after that, I didn't stop. They just, Midnight Releases just weren't a thing anymore. Like, Midnight Releases for movies aren't even, weren't even a thing. They stopped after a while, because, well, sadly, because of the shooting after that Batman thing. I don't know if you guys remember that one. That was, fu- that was terrible. 
midnight release of it was one of the dark not christopher nolan batman movies and someone decides yeah i'm gonna go shoot it up uh, i think that's what what added on to the whole yeah midnight release to start at 9 p.m now what a midnight release so the movie comes out on the 21st right we're gonna watch it on the 20th at 9 p.m what's the point of a of a due date just say the 20th then like i don't understand i'm just i Oh well, maybe because nine nine p.m. here in the in the East Coast, in the West Coast, is midnight in the West Coast. I don't know because because they start at nine too. I don't know, but I remember going to midnight like being like dead ass tired for a midnight release of a dope movie. Like Avengers was probably like I oh I wish I had a I wish I took pictures for the Avengers. Dude, I miss those events now. Being in quarantine for over a week, I miss midnight releases. I miss going to the movie theater, dude. Like I wanna, I wanna order something. I wanna buy it and then go to a store, get in line with a bunch of people. Goddamn capitalism got me, dude. Making me wanna buy shit. Got <clears throat> they got me again. <sighs> I miss Disneyland too. Steph asked me the other day. She was like, "Hey, what if they offered like if they opened the park up, right?" And they're like, "Hey." want to work attractions you know because we don't have a lot of things open but there's an opening like they didn't there's an opening for attractions would you apply to that and at first i was like nah man i want my old job then i thought about it and i'm like nah i could go back to that i would even do attractions if nothing if if the world hasn't opened up entirely just yet but like that's open i'm like ah let's just do that make some money so when it all does open back up, I'll be like, hey, I've been here, fool. I've been here. Let me back into my old job, dog. I've been here, dog. I love this place. Man, I would even go back to ugh, missing those photo pass gigs, man. Woo. Feels like a lifetime ago, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, man, photo pass. Yo, be good to your photo pass. People, people used to look at me funny when I was like, when I would tell them my, what my job was. I'd be like, yeah, photo pass photographer. And they're like, ugh, you're one of those people that bother you for a photo? And I was like, no, no, no. You're thinking of amazing pictures over at Universal Studios. Now, those people, those poor people. They got to run up to you and be like, hey, you want to take a picture with Woody Woodpecker? And like, you just walked into the park. They're asking you in random spots. And I think they're not even set up in meet and greets. I, like I used to be a PA, which is basically like a host in Disneyland talk. A PA is basically that. You just be with the characters and stuff. Never photographer with meet and greets. Never. PA did everything. Cool. Chill. So you just had the photographers in the entrance. <sighs> Oh, which one of you yawned? I felt it. One of y'all yawned. Made me yawn. Get all relaxed. But nah, man. People be like, you a photographer like them? I'm like, no, I'm not like them. Photo pass photographers are a, a different breed of cast member. Every cast member at Disneyland, I'll tell you right now, ready? In my opinion, the hierarchy of like where your respect for cast members like the hierarchy of like who you should respect most to least and when i say least it doesn't mean you don't respect them at all it means you still respect them but not as much as that other fucker you know what i mean and i'm gonna say it right now number one 
the number one cast member, so you need to respect above all others, custodial. I'm going to say right now, that's the job I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do. That's the job that'd be the most, that, that's the most difficult job at Disneyland probably. People are disgusting. Disgusting. And Disney works their ass off to keep that park clean. People are gross. One of my old managers at PhotoPass, we're just all hanging out, just talking out on the floor. And he just, uh, he came from, uh, he came from custodial. And he was, uh, he was talking to one of his uh, cast member friends from Custodio. He's just passing by, you know. And that was the best thing about the company, you know. You could, you could, you could be working a shift at PhotoPass, right? I'm shooting down Cars Land, right? I'm, I'm shooting right there, having a good time. Maybe I'm walking around. My manager comes by. Managers come by, not managers. Even a manager come by and just talk to you, just hang out, chill out. Be like, hey, what's up, dude? One of my managers would come up with like a guest compliment. With, not even just to me. This is to everyone. Everyone in PhotoPass. You got a guest compliment at PhotoPass. A manager would come out to your location, wherever you were shooting that day, that they got the compliment ready for you. They will come out to you, give you the compliment out on the floor while you're working. And then they'll take a picture of you with it on, you know, on the job. And be like, here, good job, dude. Guest came in, gave you a compliment. It's like, holy shit, thank you. That's so sweet. But yeah, number one, custodials. Number two, photo pass. Number three, attractions. Well, honestly, after photo pass, attractions, food, food and beverage, security goes below them. And I'm again, below doesn't mean you respect them none. You just you just see the others as whoa. <laughs> You're a mofo. I see you. Now, why is PhotoPass number two? Is it because I'm biased? I don't know. Maybe. I love PhotoPass. First family right there at, at the Disney company. I love PhotoPass. But, dude, that job is hard. And over at Disney World, they're trying to replace PhotoPass with robots, with boxes, with stupid boxes, man. Can you believe that? I've seen these photos. They're terrible. They are terrible. Because I'll tell you right now. There is nothing more flipping magical, dude. As a as the moment, as a photographer, when you see Tinkerbell with that little child as she says hi, and Tinkerbell gets, and this is pre-COVID, but Tinkerbell holds hands with that child, and they are but inches from each other, and the child is lighting up looking at Tinkerbell, and as a photographer to just go in there Silently, quietly, stealth-like, like a fly on the wall. You zoom in, pan in, and you get that shot. And fuck, it's amazing. Dude, nothing feels better than that. A box can't do that. Those awkward pictures that those boxes take. Are you kidding me? You can't do that. That's the coolest part about being a photographer at Disneyland. See, like, okay, when you shoot with Tinkerbell, right? So I don't know if you know Tinkerbell's photo op spot. If you don't, go check it out. It's pretty gosh darn magical because you're walking through and it's like you're shrinking because of the magic. It, the magic shrinks you and all the plants get bigger around you. It's You don't actually shrink. Just full disclosure, you don't. It's illusions with big set pieces. But yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You go inside and you see this giant teapot. Looks like Mrs. Pot. Looks like, looks like Tinkerbell got Mrs. Pot. Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast and just took her out nice and quick and made her house. You know what I mean? It looks like that. 
But then the top of the lid of the of the teapot is a wooden door. It's so fucking clever, dude. And that's where Tinkerbell comes in and out of. It's this giant door, dude. Like, I swear to God, like, when these girls come out, man, when this girl comes out, <laughs> when Tinkerbell comes out, dude, that door just sounds heavy, dude. They just come out and stuff. And uh, in PhotoPass, we just stand. We're kind of, we're just, we have our own little, like, mat to stand. It's like a little cozy mat to stand on. You know, it's, like, cushiony and stuff. And uh, you just, just stand in the camera. You just... You don't say anything like if the hosts, you know, those who help the characters, if they're managing the line, then, you know, PhotoPass will manage the interaction. You know, we'll just say, hey, come on over. You know, Tink's ready or fuck it. You know, the character Tink, she'll say it. You know, she'll be like, yo, come on over, mofo. And we don't have to do anything. We just make sure everything's, you know, chilling. Everything's safe and we're good. Right. But, dude, it is so it like one of the best moments to capture is when the kid hasn't notice the character noticing them and they look up make eye contact with the character and they just like oh saw you looking at me you want to talk to me shut, shut up my best friend dude, that's so cute dude that's why i take my sister i will take my sisters and my brother there all the time dude i love those little moments see that's magical as hell dude i hope that comes back dude i hope covid doesn't make it all virtual can you imagine virtual Virtual Disneyland? We're going to Disneyland, kids. Put on your goggles. We're gone. Which one are we going to, Dad? Whichever one you want. We can go to Orlando. We can go to Disneyland in, in Anaheim. Or shoot, let's go to Shanghai. You want to go to Shanghai, Timmy? It's like, yeah, Dad, I want to go to, I want to, go to Shanghai. Ah, oh, dude. But I'll tell you right now, man. Like, those are special moments, right? That happens with PhotoPass. That happens. But for the most part, it's a lot of it's a lot it's a, it's a lot of hot days. Holy crap, man. Whoo. Thank God for those Indiana Jones hats they gave us, dude. I would even wear that fish hat we got before. So, okay, so with the, with the Disneyland cast members, if you've noticed as you go to Disneyland, depending on where cast members work, they have a costume, right? That's where they live. That's their, that's where they live. So they, it's, a, it's a theme and it's, it's an aesthetic, right? So Tomorrowland, silvers and blues, you know, shinies, futuristic. Tomorrow, I mean, Tomorrowland. Just, wait, what did I just, uh, Adventureland, they're all adventure and stuff, right? Oh, and so on and so forth. But then you see PhotoPass. And you're like, wait, who are you? Where are you from? And see, the story I would like to tell all the time is that PhotoPass were the were the people who lived here before Disneyland established itself. We're the fishing folk of Disneyland. Because we look like fishing people. We look like fishing, like fishing fishermen's and fishing women's and whatever the proper term is, whatever, but that's what we look like. Our vests look like all they're missing our lures all over. Our hats were floppy and nice. They were kind of cool. Like you could rock it. But uh, but later on, they gave us like these Indiana Jones hats, kind of Indiana Jones esque, made out of like canvas. The top part of the hat was like I don't even know what you call that, but it was like what's the word? Holy? <laughs> it's just holy. You can breathe, right? Mesh. There you go. It was all mesh and shit on the side. 
but dude standing out there you don't know a hard day until you had like a you've had a solid what eight hour shift on main street and this is your third time at main entrance and you're like oh one of those days one of those days oh dude but i would kill for one of those days right now i would kill for that because like here's the thing like why is main entrance hard so main entrance is hard because yo there's no umbrella there you ever walk out to like oh my god people are so stupid oh they're so stupid like check it out like we are in the middle photo pass is in the middle right there where the mickey flowers are we have they have like they have like rope now on the sides they have a line an obvious freaking line and you have two photographers there taking photos with family standing up against the wall posing for a photo so how does no one see us still dude people just walk up and just go in the middle of two families and just smile and make the kids take the photos, make 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 mom and dad stand there, and the kids awkwardly taking a photo, like mom, there's a line. We should we shouldn't be the child's fully aware of a line, but the parents don't care. Oh, uh, but oh dude, but yo. My favorite thing to do at main entrance though was when we got a, a big group. Now, when you think big group, what do you think? What? What, 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 what say some numbers. What, ten? Oh, that's a big number. Yeah, 10. That's pretty big, yeah. Well, ooh, 12, 15. Ooh, 15. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Try 82. Try 82 students all formed together in front of main entrance for a photo, homie. I did that at least three times. You have the right team. You got the right friends there. You make it happen. You get that photo taken, baby. God, it's cool people, too, at PhotoPass, man. I'd, I'd have these conversations about film with them and have like, I, they would actually talk to me about film and like I, they would, they would actually come at me with a good, uh, a good, uh, a good argument, you know, not just saying a movie sucks cause it sucks or, or yada, 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 but they would actually, you know, we would discuss this. One of my favorite discussions to talk about. And I just love to talk about cause people just got so passionate about it. I would love to be like, Hey guys, I love, I loved Star Wars, uh, uh, Star Wars, uh, what was that one, guys? The one after Force Awakens? That's Force Awakens. Oh, God, I forgot. What's episode eight? Episode nine's Rise of Skywalker. Force Awakens. What's after Force Awakens? <gasps> I'm having a brain fart. Is it that point in the show now? I hope not. But what, what was that part? It was Force Awakens, Last Jedi. See, people, my own mind is trying to disconnect from Last Jedi just because of all the hate people have for it. I would love to go into a room at work and be like, yo, man, wasn't Last Jedi good? Some people just go off and talk about how bad it was or, or just talk about how they hated portrayal of luke and i'd be like i like the portrayal of luke it was very human-esque very real like someone someone out on on a tiki talkie was saying something about how they didn't appreciate that luke was a certain way in the first trilogy and his arc and who he was and then to come back in episode seven eight and we find out he's this we find out he's this uh, 
I mean, he tries to kill Ben or he freaks out. He's like this, like he's like, they're, they're so confused or they're, they're just so baffled that Luke isn't the same person he was at the end of episode six, which is hysterical. How much, t- how much time has passed since six and seven? How much time has passed? Luke has had a whole other lifetime to live, man. He's had a whole other life to live. Like episodes six, seven, and eight were, I mean, five, four, four, five, and six were just, that's a lifetime ago for him, man. He's different. Trauma, dude. Trauma and learning how to accept things and just growing as a human being and the imperfections of being human. Like, and we saw all that in episode eight. We saw that. We saw Luke being human. Luke's being like, I fucked up and I'm scared now and fear is controlling me. Because we can be as strong as you want to be, but something might rattle us. And it's like, ooh, when something rattles you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, but that's for another day. That's for another day. This felt good. This felt really good. Oh, man. Well, hey, be safe out there, y'all. And uh, let's get to the, uh, the outro. Ooh, let's get to the outro. Ooh, but don't forget. Oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> Steven, calm down. Calm down. Look, y'all, I just want to let you know that you're enough. You're more than enough. Oh, it's amazing how enough you are. All right, fam. Now it's time for the outro. Listening to another episode of Stephen Bro and Cortez presents the Why the F Not podcast. Now, don't forget you can go check me out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash pro underscore brogues. You can also go to my Instagram, Stephen underscore brogan underscore Cortez, and you can also go to my Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash pro underscore brogues. And those are my Milo, Milo's toes. Catch y'all later.